And welcome back, everyone, to another edition of Going For Two, presented by our friends at Home Field Apparel. I am your host. I'm the publisher of the Extra Points newsletter, Matt Brown. I am joined here by my colleague, Brian Fisher, my co-host here on a uh, beautiful Tuesday afternoon near the end of December. How you holding up, Brian? I'm uh, holding up uh, probably better than uh, some of your compatriots there in the, in the country of your, your homeland in Brazil. But uh, I don't want to talk about it. Don't want, this is soccer is done. I, I, we're, so now, now, now we're starting the show and I'm already all angry. You let's, know what? Let's, I, let's I, I just had I just had to. I mean, it, it was right there. We I just saw the press release in terms of the numbers of people that were watching. I, I think yes. it peaked around 33 million just in, in terms of the English language here on, on Fox. In this country, yeah. it was a great moment for for soccer in America. We got the we got Euros coming up uh, right around the corner in like eighteen months. We we got the, the World Cup in a couple of years. So you know what? I'm I'm excited. Uh, you know, the, just the emotion of that game, just how fun it was. I, I know it was just. Uh, uh, I, I know you were excited just to see see Messi. Yeah, and De- uh, definitely definitely excited to celebrate in in our in the glories of Argentina. Ab- ab- absolutely. No, look. I mean, we were, got you, were you full on like Les le Blues? You were, you having like the, the beret on? Did you have like some some wine and cheese out? Like- no, yeah, yeah. Big big wine guy, right? Right here. I mean, it, it's hard for me to root for France too because my formative French soccer memory is the 98 World Cup where, lest you forget, they poisoned my cousins uh, <laughs> ahead of the game in order in order to beat, beat them in the final. Um I generally don't root for the European team, and you know, normally I would be happy to root for anybody else. But of course, uh, for those unfamiliar, um, uh, Argentina is to Brazil what Michigan is to Ohio State. Um, not to put too fine a point, you know, that which just goes to show, like why my my last month and a half has been hell uh, because it wasn't enough for my team, the, a favored squad, to lose in heartbreaking fashion to a country the size of Indiana size of Connecticut, you know, Croatia is not that big of a country. I'm not talking like landmass, like like population here. And then of course, to watch your hated rival win in one of the, the most dramatic, most exciting finals ever. Uh, and now that the, 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 their, their player is now going to be seen as, as the greatest of all time. Well, so, you know what? We can compound yes. it too. You know, in in, in a couple of weeks, uh, if, if Michigan and Ohio state win their semifinal games, they can not. make it to LA and you know what? Uh, imagine the, the lead up to that one, especially. No, I don't. I, here's the thing: I don't. I don't want to. My my liver, my kidneys cannot handle it. If Ohio State and Michigan end up in the national championship game, game, we are going to temporarily suspend the rules of Mormonism in terms of like what I'm allowed to do to to, to call myself. Like the, the the parallels between the two events, um, are 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 significant. Not ideal. I will. I will say. Look, we got the Women's World Cup in 2023. Uh, the Americans thrilled about that one. Thrilled right. about that one. Not just because of, uh, you know it, it is a great spotlight on, on the women's soccer game and and really the, the growth that, that has undergone. I would say just in the last probably two years. You know, I, I think it's exploded in popularity across Europe. Um, certainly here in in the, in the states, you're talking about NWSL expansion uh, franchises coming out for for multiple millions of dollars uh, compared to when they were uh, going for you know probably six figures uh, not too long ago, and then. It's, it's in one of my favorite spots in, in really the entire globe in, in Australia and New Zealand. So I'm excited for that one for sure. Yeah, and this will be a chance for America to get their revenge on the Netherlands um, in a game that they're, they're much more likely to win. So we're, we're, we're focused on that. We're on to Cincinnati. We're, on, we're, we're, we're moving on from – I'm sure – listen, it was a great World Cup. I'm, I mean, on the field, off the field. We can devote an entire episode now. Well, that's a different show. Um, happy for all of the degenerates – who root for Europe's South American team. 
in Argentina. Um, well, I'm working on a couple of things here as we wrap up the year. Uh, there's where I hopefully everybody gets a chance here to spend some quality time with your family and loved ones, get a chance to catch your breath um, away from from work and school as, as, as we as we you know, kind of end the year here. It's a weird part of the college football calendar, because while the rest of uh, American society is kind of winding down um, for for whatever reason, the, this is one of the, the, the busiest weeks of the entire year, because it's not just maybe bowl prep. And it's not just uh, coaching tra- uh, changeover for lots of places. I for- I've forgotten this like the last two years. W- when you're listening to this, Wednesday's National Signing Day or the first early National Signing Day, which is when 70% of the good college, uh, good recruits um, are going to commit. It's a different day. It's a very different experience than maybe the big national signing day was when you only had one in February, when that was kind of Palooza. It, it existed in its own independent um, news cycle. It would be on TV. That was a bigger deal. Now it, can, it gets drowned out a little bit with actual football games and also with the transfer portal where you have a bunch of roster attrition and roster changeover that's completely independent of what's happening here on national signing day. What are some of the big storylines, Brian, that you are monitoring, given that you know, what we are expecting is, hey, Georgia, Alabama, and Clemson are, are likely to, 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 to have big days like, like they typically do. Texas is going to have a big day. Um, and it's, it's mostly the same schools that, that have been here uh, over the last couple of years with maybe one or two exceptions. What, what are you watching? What do you, what do you, what, uh, what's, that's the story here to you. I, I would be remiss if I didn't get a little nostalgic there for that February date and just how important it was, especially coming up as as an early recruiting writer back uh, back in those days. Uh, I yeah. mean, it was uh, you know just the amount of energy that you got just from that that one impact a day. It was kind of off to itself. There was not maybe there was the Super Bowl certainly kind of going on in in the background or you're in the lead up to that depending on when that ultimately that Wednesday kind of kind of fell. But it was uh, you know just the 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 interest level. Uh, was so massive compared to right now, and I do feel like it it gets lost in, in that calendar shuffle, and that and that's uh, a bummer. Uh, I think for for a lot of the kids, especially that you know this is their their moment. Um, you know, this is their opportunity to say not not only are, are they going to school, but uh, really kind of cap off a, a terrific high school career and uh, you know change some fortunes of some programs, at least in in their eyes and the eyes of many coaches. But uh, it it is a unique, uh, I think, national signing day. I think the the portal's impact, and and you kind of alluded to it there, is um, not anything to be discounted um you know i think we kind of already see it you, you had dante moore uh flip from oregon to ucla once you, you understood that uh, bo nix was was coming back and, and i think there was kind of some some interest in in terms of that and then you had other guys you know you, you saw devin leary commit to kentucky so like maybe they end up losing a, a quarterback recruit so like there's a whole lot of like the portals impact on this signing day and, and i think when you talk with coaches too you know they're, they're signing fewer high school program uh, uh kids you know that that filters yeah. on down to whether maybe you know group of five people yeah they might be losing some guys but they're they're getting those extra scholarships back maybe signing some bigger uh, high school recruiting classes than they would normally be used to uh because of that that filters on down to the fcs ranks they're going to get better talent i think out of the high school ranks between 
the COVID year between uh, what's happening with with the transfer portal. Um, you know, I think the talent is going to kind of filter down the, the football pyramid, uh, if, if you will, to kind of borrow a soccer term there. Um, and, and that's going to be very interesting to kind of track, especially as we kind of get out of this uh, really interesting roster management uh, time because yeah. uh, you, 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 you talk with coaches or, or, or people in ops and, and uh, you know, administrators that are dealing with some of this, like that, that COVID crutch, um, you really kind of cramped a, some, some folks style just in terms of like, all right, well, I, I know I got this, this amount of scholarships and, and I can't, I can't go above this cap. And then how am how am I managing this guy when he transfers? Like it, it, it's been a bit difficult past couple of years when you factor in that extra year for, for, for the COVID. And um, I, I think, you know, we're, we're still kind of on the, on the tail end of that. And so that's impact the high school ranks that we'll see on Wednesday still you know the, those five stars are going to sign and you know there's a lot of stories we just saw uh, you know I, you know Alabama flip a, a five-star uh, offensive tackle from Iowa you know those, those type of stories are always going to going to pop up but I think the portals impact on the actual national signing day and and the recruiting in the high school ranks is, is going to be much more of a, a long-term uh, storyline to, to look forward to uh, going beyond just uh, just this Wednesday I think I mean, you're, you're, you're clearly right. I, I want to say Yahoo had a, a pretty insightful story about this earlier in the week. Uh, talk that, that that really showed how this the, the combination of COVID roster crunch that's still working its way through the system here and a the, the significantly increased importance of portal recruiting versus high school recruiting has led some really good high school players to be in a lurch and a guy that would have been a very strong G5 player might be an FCS guy, not because he's any worse, um, but because there's, there's simply not spots. And I, I've actually talked to division two coaches that have, have pointed this out. Like, Hey, you know, since COVID the like, physical measurables of guys that we are, you know, are in on now, it's pretty different than what it was in 2017, you know, 2018, especially if you're, if, if you're maybe in a less recruited area, uh, a, a couple of other trends here, or I don't know if the trend is exactly the right word, but, but think, things I've kind of picked up on in the beginning of of, of the National Signing Day period is that uh, the Big Ten schools, by and large, are are not recruiting at nearly as, as strong of a clip um, as you might expect relative to their success and brands compared to some other programs uh, that are that are out there right now. Depending on how things go on Wednesday, I, I, I'm expecting at least one. Uh, blue chip flip um i think we're looking at probably only one big 10 team that's going to be in the top 10 uh over the recruiting class here and that's ohio state and they might finish seventh or eighth um that may change come february right uh you know many many of the the schools here like alabama and georgia and miami already have 25 players um you know in in you know committed and and we'll see who who ends up signing uh, on wednesday or thursday and ohio state's class is a little bit smaller here but michigan um, is you know, straddling around 20. And not only that, you know, they, they don't have a blue chip ratio class, you know, twice as many of their kids are three stars rather than four stars. Penn state um, is, as a, a, you know, going to be outside of the top 10. It's, it's one of their, one of their best classes. And then from there, the gap is enormous. Part of that is because of coaching changes at Wisconsin and Nebraska uh, part of that is Michigan State has has, has struggled, and, and they're they've been a really portal focused program. You know, that, so that they're not taking a very big class. But your strongest programs are almost universally in the Southeast, even in the Pac-10. USC is not going to sign a top ten class, um, and to just in terms part because at least at least not Wednesday because it, it's a it's a smaller group. So th- I think what this is going to end up requiring 
over the next couple of months and potentially as we head into a 12 a 12 team uh, playoff is uh we might need to revisit the blue chip uh ratio theory and, and what that means and if you're not familiar with that term uh this is coined by my friend and former colleague bud elliott now of 247 um which stated that you in order to win in a college football national title you needed to recruit more four and five star players over a four-year period than you do three-star players like you need to have a blue chip ratio above 50 50 and it's pretty rare for a school that doesn't do that to make the playoff at all tcu a, a rare exception to this washington michigan state did it um and those teams don't win playoff games you know tcu might might, might be the, the had the best chance ever uh in, in the playoff era outside of the the oregon team that made the national championship game of, of doing it and those teams tend to have experienced elite quarterback play and you know nailing roster decisions elsewhere in a, in a world where you can now kind of turn over your roster 15 20 percent and you're not looking to sign all of your best players out of high school i can see a world where that changes a little bit and maybe we need to shift to a talent composite rule uh, or, or 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 something else so, so, so something something to keep in mind here um maybe it, it won't it shouldn't be shocking that that some teams that are competing at a very high level are not going to be the biggest national signing day winners. Well, I mean, I, I think you're already starting to see the industry adapt, you know, a little bit. You're starting to see transfer rankings and, and transfer class rankings. And, and I think, the, you know, the the ultimate in terms of the, the blue chip ratio and, and that talent composite index that you know, 247 on three rivals all, all kind of do, um, you know, the, that it, the nature of that is, is is definitely being adjusted a little bit to kind of this new era. I mean, you, yeah. you mentioned Michigan earlier. You kind of go back to their class last year. Obviously, they lost some some offensive linemen, you know, up front from, from a Joe Moore uh, award winning group um, the, that made it to the play. Off that won the Big Ten, um, you know they didn't take necessarily a ton of high school guys, but uh, you know they got guys um, out of the portal like our, our old friend uh, that, that came on the show Olu Olu Atimi, who ended up winning the Remington Award uh, yeah. as, as the best center of, uh, transfer from Virginia. Yeah, you know, he's easily the best player that's ever done a going for two interview. Absolutely, think, absolutely. And so, so you, you're kind of seeing coaches adjust to that um, and, and use the portal. Um, you know, yes, you're probably going to get more of a shorter term thing, but you're also getting a more experienced player. You're also getting somebody that you can count on a little bit more that you can just kind of throw into the fire. And frankly, you know, you, you talk with coaches, you know, they, they like recruiting those transfers a lot more because it is kind of more of a, a business decision, if, if you will, in terms of that term. You're not spending, you know, months and months and months getting to know them, getting to know their families. You know, it's really kind of coming in. Here's how you can fit our offense. Here's how you can be successful. And then here's where, you know, you can sign on the dotted line. And so, um, you know, the, the, I, th I think that has changed the nature of things. And and as well as, you know, you mentioned those Big Ten teams, momentum is, is huge. You know, Ohio State uh, there, you know, I, I think had, had a pretty good class to kind of start off the, the 2023 group, but it's kind of been picked apart. You know, they've, they've gotten some folks still, you know, in, in the running for five stars like Mateo Uyungle, who's uh, DJ's younger brother. Um, you know, some, some others uh, that could get in the mix there for the Buckeyes, yeah. but it's, They're it's all probably going to get one or two more four stars, but it's, it's not the 2000, you know, uh, it's, it's not what it was two or three years ago, right. for sure. Which is kind of where, where everybody's like just kind of throwing the, throwing those those little eyebrows up just a, a little bit. Uh, you know, given given the slippage not only against the Wolverines and and, and and not winning the Big Ten the last couple of years, but like you know once that recruiting that just kind of adds to Ryan Day's you know, problems that he's kind of dealing with. Still a terrific high school recruiting class. You know, all things considered, obviously tops in the Big Ten, but it's like relative to kind of expectations and relative to where Ohio State has been uh, recruiting at the high school ranks. You know, in, in the past they haven't 
really necessarily brought in a, a ton of transfers compared to some of their other programs as well. So um, you kind of got to factor it, it all in. And, um, you know, you mentioned USC and UCLA. I, I think they are purposely taking smaller high school classes, both, you know, Lincoln Riley and, and Chip Kelly have kind of made that a point in terms of, yeah, we're probably going to always sign, you know, 15 or so uh, guys instead of the, the 2025 that we normally would. And, you know, the rest, rest are going to be made up with, with impact transfers. And these are, these are going to be guys that are playing the majority of their careers in the big 10. I think conference yeah. alignment is another kind of big storyline. I wrote a, a couple of them out there for Fox sports uh, going into tomorrow as well. You know, that, that is something to kind of keep an eye on, you know, how UTSA is doing not, relative to conference you say but the AAC you know how FAU uh, under a new head coach in, in Tom Herman is, is going to be doing uh, not compared to, to, to their old uh, conference rivals but their new ones you know I, I think focusing in a little bit on that even Texas and Oklahoma you know the, they might be the top two big 12 classes you know once again and, and have some some pretty good recruiting classes but you know they're not Alabama they're not Georgia they're not those elite SEC programs right that you're going to see consistently at the top 10 of, of those uh, recruiting rankings. There's one thing independent of just who's recruiting really well that I do want to talk about about this. Speaking of, of, of transfers and business decisions, this is uh, a part of the discourse uh, that's, you know, that that's been going around the past couple of days. I'm sure it's going to be a part of um, the conversation around national signing day, really into spring ball. And it is absolutely driving me crazy. I want to see if I can pull up the exact quote here uh, that has has really kind of set me off a little bit, right? So this, uh, you, you, you have probably heard, and this is accurate, that um, athletes are being induced to transfer because of collectives and, and NIL deals, even if they weren't necessarily hitting the portal. Uh, or planning on hitting the portal. This is this is a thing. It's it's a, it's especially a thing in college basketball. It is a thing in, in college football here as well. And a lot of that conversation right now is centered around North Carolina quarterback um, Drake May. Uh, you've heard North Carolina. You've heard Mac Brown talk about this. The quote that really kind of set me off here was uh, from Pitt head coach Pat Narduzzi. He was giving a radio interview on nine nine three seven the fan. And he says, quote, that he heard two schools offered UNC quarterback Drake May $5 million to transfer. Would Pat Narduzzi say who? No, but he knows who. Says it's, quote, gotten out of control and it's only going to get worse. It is a sad, sad deal. Brian, I think this is bullshit. I think it's bullshit on a couple of different points. We'll start here at the high level here. I think the odds are that somebody reputable has legitimately offered a North Carolina's quarterback $5 million to transfer is not true. Um, the school that I have heard the most in the whisper network around this is Ohio state, which I think would be, would be even, make even less sense because one, they don't have a glaring roster need at quarterback. Although everyone's going to be interested in a guy that might be a, a Heisman candidate. They have two five-star quarterbacks already on that roster, but also uh, their collective is struggling in fundraising right now. And, and to be able to, Hey, we can't, pay the people that we're trying to pay, but also we're going to throw $5 million at a position that is a luxury and not an immediate need doesn't pass the sniff test. But also um, high school players are more expensive in this market right now than transfer players are. It's different in basketball, but in football, people are overpaying for potential. They're overpaying to, to get up the rivals two, four, seven list. They're overpaying uh, for ego and high school. The, I have not heard anybody getting $5 million as a high school player. Um, the, the absolute top of the market is, is going to be maybe somewhere around two 
Um, whatever number you're hearing generally thrown out over the over the, the, the next couple of days, it, the real number is probably half of that, although there are real numbers. So I think this is a product of something we've discussed a lot with NIL and recruiting, where there's a whisper network of coaches and agents and message board people and, and boosters, and they all get reinforced. And whatever number it gets like re, like added 20, 25% to it every time from reality, and there's no way to kind of verify it. So the $5 million feels ridiculous. Even that aside, though, it is so easy, and people do this every year, for coaches to complain about either tampering allegations from other coaches or about how transactional uh, the recruiting has been and you're hearing about bags being thrown everywhere. And this is my plea to anybody who's talking to a coach. If they're not willing to show, bring out a receipt, if they're not willing to name names, name coaches, name schools, or provide documented proof to any of this, ignore it. Who freaking cares? Um, if, if, if you are in a position, if you care this much about it, present some proof throw some names, actually talk through it. Otherwise, you are then letting that reporter you know, be the sounding board to amplify message board bullshit. I think it's lousy journalism. I think it is, it is, it's empowering millionaire coaches to complain when they don't have the, the actual information they need to back any of this stuff up, and I'm tired of it. I, it is, it is the, the most vapid, empty kind of complaining, um, from especially from somebody like Narduzzi, and, and I don't have any more patience for it. Uh, well, you, you are not alone, uh, my friend. I, I think, you know, this is uh, something that always comes out, you know, around National Signing Day. I mean, how many times do you hear, oh, the five-star five, five star committed to XYZ rival? You know, of course they were paying him. You know, like those types of stories have, have always existed and, and happened yeah. in, in the background, especially on, on those fan sites, you know, that, that you allude to. But, like, now it's coming out a little bit more into the open with, with NIL and with the coaches. And, and, and I, I don't doubt that there is tampering going on. I, I, I know there is, yeah. you know, in I, terms of tamper, talking with tamper, high school coach. And, it, it is, it is it is happening. And and I, I'll try to interrupt. I'll, I'll also just say this. I don't think tampering is the right word to use. Tampering is what happens in the NBA when somebody is under contract right now and you try to, to get them to break that contract or force a trade somewhere or team up somewhere else. And the tampering is over the contract. These players are not under contract. It might be scummy. It might be anti-competitive. It might break some of, of commonly understood rules and regulations. I don't think it's tampering. Sorry. I, I, I no, I completely agree. I mean, this this is not uh, necessarily tampering. You know, I, I think because of the contract situation that you're just uh, speaking to, and and this is more just the frustration that these college coaches are not adapting to the current reality of of kind of the marketplace. You know, this is that they have kind of created this monster for themselves. You know, they wanted the early signing period that has created the pressure for, for a lot of these uh, issues to to pop up in in a short amount of time frame. You are hearing so many things about nil and all that. Yes, you know, the NCA has not been in. in Forcing a lot of things, you know, in terms of the uh, actual mechanisms that they they have at their disposal. Um, obviously, it, it's just you know it's difficult to kind of prove a lot of these allegations. It really is just a coach hearing something from another coach, or uh, you know maybe it's a family member, or a high school coach that uh, ends up mentioning it in, in passing about something that they heard. So then that ends up getting uh, further passed around. So it, it is a, um, a a bummer that it kind of devolves into this. And, and frankly, you know, if it were five million dollars for Drake May, I, I feel like that's e even under. Selling, um, you know, his potential, especially for for some of those powerhouse programs next year. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is getting like a nine and a half. I think if you average his contract out, uh, the 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 probably Heisman Trophy favorite for next year, probably 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 pretty, pretty valuable. Oh, I would I would short the hell out of that. I would anybody betting on on. I'll, I'll say this right now: if you were putting real American dollars on Drake May winning the national uh, winning the Heisman, 
What you are saying here is, I think North Carolina could contend for a college football playoff spot, or he's going to put up Hawaii run and shoot level numbers for a top 20 North Carolina team. He could throw for 6,000 yards. And if North Carolina is seven and five, he's not going to win the Heisman Trophy because the the people who vote for it are a bunch of filthy casuals. So that's what you got to think about here. I I would much rather bet on somebody on on, uh, Georgia. Or, or Ohio State or Clemson than anybody in North Carolina. Well, I mean, if, if Drake Command was getting $5 million to go to Ohio State or, or Georgia, you know, in, in particular, who might have a quarterback opening, uh, obviously, next year, um, you know, I, I think he could definitely win the Heisman Trophy and, w- and win a whole lot more than that and, and be the difference maker when you're talking about uh, this this last edition of, of the college football playoff uh, with, with four teams. So, um, you know, I, I think the star quarterback and, and that 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 realm of, of NIL and, and th- that kind of money, um, you know, is, is definitely separate from, you know, your, your backup left tackle. Your, your defensive tackles you might get out of the portal you might get out of the you know the high school ranks that is on the four or five star variety um you know the problem is just like you know, nobody knows what, what what's going on and uh you know really only a handful of collectives or uh, you know that uh, might be dealing with multiple players um maybe a handful of lawyers might might know there's there's just no real um you know sense of the market and i think that is kind of where the frustration ultimately is it's not necessarily even the tampering because guess what everybody's doing it whether it's a with the head coach whether it's a coach on their staff uh this whole thing has, has been going on for for a long long time and you know what you, you can say your frustrations you can voice them and and Go from there, but yeah, you know, at the end of the day, um, this is something that uh, is probably not going to be changing anytime soon. So get used to it. Like that—that that is the biggest thing that I keep telling coach. You got to get used to this. You guys start, yeah. start being proactive. All right. You, you not- make you make six million dollars. This is this is what <laughs> the money is for, right? You are getting re- compensated for your frustration. I know it is tough to re-recruit your roster pretty much every single week. I, I, I totally understand that, especially when you're dealing with a football size roster versus say, say a basketball roster where you can provide a little bit more uh, intimate care and, and one-to-one attention. You know, that is not necessarily the case when you're dealing with probably close to a hundred people, just in, in terms of your program, you throw in the walk-ins and all that. Yes, there's only 85 scholarship uh, guys, but at, at the end of the day, uh, you know what, you're, you're, you're being well compensated uh, in, in order to deal with some of these issues. And guess what? You know what? If you know, you're, you're the one getting the buyout. Okay. You know that yeah. it's not the players. It's typically not even your assistants in, in, in most cases, you know, it's you, you're, you're the one, if, if you end up failing, you end up not uh, taking advantage of the market. Well, you know what? You're, you're going to be okay uh, for, for the rest of your life. You know, the others probably not. So uh, keep that in the back of your mind. I know it is a frustrating thing for a lot of head coaches, but guess what? That is where we're at here in 20, 22. The reason I think why so many coaches are hesitant to name names or or meaningfully try to use their influence to actually try to restrain some of this is because they are they know that their team is is doing it too, or they don't want to completely nuke their ability to potentially take advantage of this here as, as well. Well, I, I think it's a lot more of just yes, there is the the we're doing it too aspect, but this has always been kind of inherent to to coaching. Uh, I mean, you look at how many times you you look at especially the NFL, you know, just how of an incestuous industry it kind of is. You know, oh, I know so and so, he's he's going to be my offensive line coach. He's going to follow yeah. me around. You know, like that sort of thing. You know, really, it really is kind of a fraternity in in that respect. You know, you do kind of protect your own uh, a little bit, and and at the end of the day, um, you know. The, they know that uh, if, if they start turning in people, people are going to be turning them in, in themselves. So that, it's, yeah. it's a bit of a mutually assured destruction, but it is uh, annoying at least when when, when they, they want to hide behind, oh, I heard, oh, uh, you know, I, that somebody no, was yeah. telling me, that, like, the, get out of here with that. Okay, we, no. we get that. We're, we're hearing the same thing too. But, you know, it, actually proving it, actually having those allegations, believe me, working on some of the investigative stories like that, um, you know, there's a high bar in order to publish some of those things. And if you're not going to say it, you might as well just keep quiet. That's that, that, that's, that's that's it. 
if, if, if somebody wants to put their political capital and put their chips in the table and say, I feel so strongly about this, I'm going to name a name and say this, you know, I'm hearing that so-and-so is doing great. Great. We'll talk about it. Otherwise, shut the hell up. Like <laughs> if you, I mean, at least if, at least if you're a P5 person, right? If, if the coach at Incarnate Word wants to call me and, and express frustration and that person's making a hundred, you know, 30,000 and their, their, their coordinators are, are making under a hundred and they're not poaching anybody else because you're Incarnate Word, I might roll my eyes a little bit, but that's a different situation than somebody making five, six million dollars. Uh, complaining because their job's gotten harder. Well, I mean, the the night before uh, Narduzzi's comments, uh, you, know, you had Jeff Trailer out there tweeting about the NCAA and, and champering charges with Group of sure. Five, but obviously not uh, naming any names or, or just saying you know Group of Five, you know Power Five programs. You know, we're we're doing it to his roster, and you know what. If, if it ends up working out for the kids, if they're going to up getting better deals, more money in their pockets, a, a better situation to play, you know what? Who, who cares? At least for that's from for my perspective. You know, like yeah. if, if it's ultimately an industry about the kids and about their experience in colleges, we should actually be encouraging this. You know, like the, do, do what you want. This is a capitalistic society. Uh, if, if you want to go the, the socialist route, well, uh, we, we might have to be working a little bit harder on those antitrust exemptions. Yeah, that is a newsletter for another week. <laughs> um, but to put it, put it, but to put a bow on this, like I think, and it sounds like we both think these kind of complaints are baloney. But what isn't baloney are the savings and products you can get at Home Field Apparel, our title sponsor, and our friends that outfit this podcast, outfit our friends, and outfit this industry in the most comfortable, unique, officially licensed collegiate apparel you can buy on the internet. I'm wearing a Tulane shirt right now. Oh. It's got a pelican. It's surfing on a surfboard. We're both wearing Tulane stuff. How about yes. that? Look, look at that. At, look at that. We're, we're uh, big fans of the Green Wave, not only on, on this podcast with this stuff. I mean, they, they are rolling in, in recruiting, by the way. Yeah. Uh, you they're, know, they're, they're, going? Uh, listen, everything's coming up Tulane right now. We're, 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 we're big fans of the 504. Uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm, I'm big fan of, uh, of being in the, you know, of, of, uh, of being a homer for all things uptown. Uh, for all things of the boot. Yeah, we're, we're, we're happy for them. We're happy for the surfing pelican. But they got a bunch of stuff at home field that has nothing to do with surfing pelicans. They have other surfing animals like uh, anteaters, uh, if that's a little bit more your scene. Um, they have animals that play golf. They have animals that are dunking basketballs uh, across FCS, FBS, 1AAA. Um, I have talked to a couple of licensing directors at mid-major schools that – I anticipate joining the home field family in early 2023 uh, as we get more into basketball season for schools that don't have football teams. Uh, so you should take advantage of all that because they're also extremely comfortable beyond being unique and interesting and historic. They are some of the softest, most comfortable shirts and sweatpants. I'm wearing the doggers right now too. Can't really see them, uh, but I'm wearing them uh, that, that you can get. And you can save 15% off your first order whenever you buy something on homefieldapparel.com this holiday season by using promo code extra points. That is homefieldapparel.com. T-shirts, hoodies, crewnecks, doggers, stickers, the works. Your bet, your favorite vintage collegiate apparel designs. Um one other thing I think I wanted to maybe just talk about here a little bit that's not baloney. Um, as, as we kind of wrap up here uh, for the week. It's something that has nothing to do with National Signing Day, nothing to do with recruiting. Um, as you know, Brian, and as listeners here and, and people that are part of our extended family know, one of the things that we've kind of hung our hat on writing a lot about has been video game development. Um, we, I, I have tried to be as dogged as possible 
to to really get to the bottom of what's happening with the development and release of EA Sports College Football. Uh, that will be coming out in 2024. Uh, and EA has, to the best of my knowledge, has an exclusive licensing agreement to produce simulation quality college football games. If somebody else is going to be licensed to you know have the Stanford and the USC and the Ohio State logos and everything to be a simulation quality game, it's got to be EA's. But I've been playing another game uh, the past couple of days here that you can play right now. You don't have to wait till 2024 um, uh, if, if you, if you want to scratch that itch. Uh, I, I wrote about it in the extra points here today, my last one here before taking a couple of days off. But, Brian, have you heard at all about this football coach college dynasty game? That we I, I, only, I only heard about it because you were tweeting about uh, some of the images, and so that's, that's why. But before you, you got into this game, I, I had not. No. So th- th- this, this came out relatively new. Uh, relatively recently, it's it's on Steam. If you're a PC person, it's not it's not on Mac yet. But what I think is interesting about this is that it's not a game where you can like smash the circle button to spin around a linebacker and like execute the option perfectly. It's not really an action game. It's purely simulation. But it, you know, if you're somebody that when you play EA Sports, when you're playing some of these other games, you're mostly focused on recruiting or roster management or some of like the the spreadsheety stuff. That's all this game is, and you don't need. 400 developers to 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 figure out how to code the physics of collisions and shadows to to make this kind of thing work the this game was made by one dude uh over over a seventh month period so it's not i would say not the most polished thing in the world but if you want to play a game without the official licensing i think i'm playing as ohio um and i'm you know i just recorded a big victory over chicago which i think is supposed to be northwestern but you know, it's a Chicago team in purple and white. But if you get you get to sit there and you get to go through your playbook and you get to to, to kind of figure out what the yards per play of running a particular play with your personnel might be, and you can build your recruiting strategy, and it has like a little system here where you might get more NIL money from boosters if your team does X, Y, or Z, and you have to manage this whole thing. It's really hard, but I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And I, I think what's exciting here is it kind of expands the possibility of what kinds of games you could do around college athletics besides just the gigantic AAA budget experience. This is the sort of thing, if I had more time and uh, a little bit better JavaScript skills, I would want to build, right? I think we've joked about making an athletic director version of this at some point. Yeah, um, no, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that idea uh, offline because I, I think that will require <laughs> a little bit more development work than we, we have time for. But, yeah, time, certainly, yeah. yeah but. And, but, you know, I, I mean, when, when, when you're kind of going through the game there, you know, the, the th- first thing that kind of struck me was at least uh, to, to bring it back to the, the beginning of the, of the podcast, you know, so- yeah. soccer, you have FIFA. I, I think that's probably one of the most, po- if not the pop- most popular video game uh, on, the, on the planet. Um, you know, it, it's one of. Uh, certainly, and EA makes it, and, and that is about the game. You know, you know, playing the game, playing yep. as Messi, playing as uh, Mbappe. It, that that's what that is about. But you know, there's Football Manager too, which I think a lot of people find um, is, is quite similar to the game that you just described, and you know, it has that element yeah. of transfers and managing rosters and that sort of thing, which I think almost is is really special about college football is there are so many things to do kind of off the field. You know, it's, it's not just a, as much as we love the, the pageantry and, and what happens between the lines on Saturdays. Uh, there's, there's a whole lot that goes into that. Just, to, just that one day uh, on, on the calendar. And, um, you know, this game kind of, uh, you know, alludes to that, you know, where, where you're doing a lot of that stuff. And um, I'm, I'm interested to maybe uh, peel away five or 10 minutes to start exploring the game a little bit more, um, you know, after, after your experience, but um, yeah. it does seem like there is uh, also a market in, in the college football ecosystem to have something similar to uh, kind of football manager for uh, us, us sickos here at, at the NCAA level. 
Do you play? Have you played? Do you play football manager much? I I, I not anymore. Spin. Not anymore. I used to uh, back in the day, and you know, like they, they've they've made it almost too too complicated complicated to just kind of drop in and, and get yeah. things because it does take a, a lot of time. And uh, you know, I now now that I have two small children and obviously <laughs> multiple jobs and, and and doing this podcast and everything. Like it it, it is uh, time time to actually play video games. Period as as dwindled to uh, practically nothing. But um, you know, I, I think it's it's one of those things that. Um, if you're interested in kind of the more of the mental side of the game and, and going through things that you, you might learn things about, you know, just the ecosystem itself, uh, a lot more doing, doing the video games. I mean, I think that's, we've talked about it before. That's kind of one of the biggest missing things, um, you know, about not having that in-state video game is not learning the, the fight songs, you know, not learning those yeah. stadiums. And I think this, at least a, a bit of a bridge uh, to that. Yeah, th- this is, uh, I, 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 I completely agree on that front. And like, that's part of how I, like what I've learned about hockey, I've learned mostly through playing video games rather than like going to events and like kind of building that, that fandom you know, uh, that way here. Um, I'm going to be interested in kind of fiddling around with this, this off season. And also, you know, I, I think I'm going to you know, pop around with their discord community and everything because um, the, the, the simulate the, the action games for football are so sophisticated that people right now, like, Players use have used those to to help with playbook install and and to help understand how things work, um, how how a play is supposed to go and how, and how to read something and everything. I wonder, and this will depend on the quality of the simulation, but uh, to what extent an individual's better understanding of off the field, whether that's not just roster management, but maybe even some of the stuff that you and I write and talk about, could come through video games. I I, I think. Would you, would you agree that football manager in some capacity has changed the sophistication of certain kinds of soccer fans now that they, you know, they might have a little bit better understanding of, of club budgets and, and how to buy and sell players after they've been trying to do it themselves on the computer? Oh, I, I think absolutely. That has, has increased the the understanding, at least, uh, behind some of the decisions. Maybe not uh, necessarily the, the rational fan aspect of things where you're like, well, you know what? We, we still need that, that striker. For, so why aren't you paying the extra $20 million? Well, you might have some understanding in terms of why uh, a club might not go to those those levels to uh, value a player like that or bring in somebody. Uh, obviously, you're talking about, you know, bringing academy kids in and, and, and selling them on for a profit because you're a selling club and like understanding some of those dynamics, I, I think in, in, in the game of soccer, at least, um, you know, that, that are inherent to that, that you do kind of get more of a, an in-depth understanding versus just kind of, you know, reading a, a transfer report or reading some transfer rumors uh, online and, and at least kind of doing it yourself. I think does kind of build up that muscle memory in terms of, uh, you know, that understanding and like, all right, well, I, I, I get why they did this move uh, a little bit more. And, and uh, you know, maybe for, from a college football perspective, uh, you know, certainly from a roster management perspective, I, I think this this could lend to that because um, it, it's something that uh, even administrators and, and coaches are, are dealing with right now, and ha- they're having trouble with it. So, um, you know, I think any any increase in terms of allowing that fan to understand it as well is, is going to be helpful. Yeah. So I, I wrote a little bit about this in the story. There's there's a there's another college football game in development right now that appeals to a different kind of player. If you're somebody that's more into the ultimate team. You know, card collecting mode. Um, we'll see. You know how if that gets developed or what that ends up looking like. But but that's on the table there. Uh, there may potentially be other segments in this market to go after. Uh, maybe that's non-college football sports. Maybe that's simulation for hockey or simulation for basketball. Maybe there's a path to to trying to to build other player licenses and try to make that more realistic without the schools. You'll know. Say that is one of the many storylines that we will be following. Uh, in, in, into 2023. I'm, 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 
uh, it'll it'll be it'll be fun. I'm 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 excited to take a little bit of time away to kind of catch my breath a little bit here. Um, and I think that will be true for for many fans. Get a chance to watch some 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 bad bowl games from teams that you maybe there is no most- such thing as a bad bowl. No, game. no okay, no, come on. Listen, we we need to be adults about this. It is great that bowl games exist. Um, I it is. Um, I hope that everybody that participates has a positive experience. Do not look me in the eye and try to tell me that the Iowa Kentucky Music City Bowl is a good bowl game. It might be a sickos bowl game. It might have entertainment value independent of anything else. That's a bad game. Like let's let, we 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 can be grown up so we can acknowledge that for what it is. Marshall UConn is cool for a bunch of a bunch of reasons. I don't think we need to disparage uh, the event itself. Is that a good football game? No. And and it, and it wasn't, <laughs> and, 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 know, and, and that's okay. It was, unique. it was a different type of football game, you know. You had had UConn th- threatening to come back in the, in that one, you know. It was it was just, you know, okay. fun. I, I I like the entertainment aspect, and boy, do we get entertained just in in unique ways uh, come bowl season. And I think that's what that's what you know everybody complains about there being too many of them, whatnot. It, it's it's great, number one great opportunities as, as you mentioned for, for a lot of those programs, for a lot of those kids. Sometimes it's, it's their final game. This does it does allow them sure. to kind of go out, uh, you know, with, with a, a final flourish especially uh for some of those co- schools uh, that are about to experience some bomb cyclone uh coming coming their way this week uh maybe maybe get some some warmer climates uh Dude, down there that's i'm 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 in that bomb cyclone um legitimately nervous about how that's going to impact holiday travel like you know oh yeah the, well yeah. i i think it's it's going to impact some bowl games uh based on what, what i've been hearing is that uh, already I, I know a couple of bowl directors are, are a little bit worried in terms of the attendance figures and how things are going to look and um, oh, yeah. you know whether uh you know some of their things that they've been trying to do about hospitality about some of these midweek games especially before the storm hits during the storm hit and, and even after i mean I'm, I'm i'm even worried a little bit i don't know if you saw some of the some of the graphics uh you know up in uh where, where bronco Mendenhall, my, my head coach you podcast partner is is uh you know they're they're talking about like minus 50 uh back in in the great state of montana oh that's that's uh, i can't even imagine that and um you know and then we got some some big ones at least they will be inside in terms of those semifinals uh when we get to them next week but it, it's going to be a fascinating kind of look at at what's uh, what's coming up here but it's it's bowl season we're going to see some interesting unique things we see it every single weekend in college football that is what makes this sport special and i think we're going to see it even more so uh, not only given the elements uh, at, at play for for some of these games but um, everything going on, we're, we're going to see something unique, and that is what makes a bowl season special. You are going to see something unique. Dude, minus 50 degrees Fahrenheit is – I don't even think this is being hyperbolic. I think that's the temperature on the moon. <laughs> like not – not, not I guess it was yeah, like the wind chill that, that uh, I saw. What I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, I'm not saying like at, you know at the dark side of the moon at night because I know that's like negative 200, but I, 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 I don't think that that's crazy. Somebody who teaches sixth grade science, you know. You, you can drop us a note at compliance at extrapointsmb.com. But that is that is that is space temperature. That's not fit for human life or animal life. What, what, what's the uh, the forecast there for the Brown household in, in Chicago? Uh, you know, let's let's pull this up here live. Um, this is the most compelling podcasting there is. I'm just going to 
to weather.com. Let's go check my. Well, the only reason I ask is, is I was just talking with a couple of folks uh, right before we jumped on our recording and uh, you know, they're all talking about how, how, how great it will be to, uh, to see each other, not only in person in, in LA for the national title game, but to experience that, that uh, lovely weather. And I said, I, I can definitely under, understand how, uh, you know, the, the normal, it's probably 60 and sunny uh, come uh, that, that week in, in January, but uh, you know, it, it, it'll be a welcome relief for a lot of folks coming around from around the country. I'm pulling weather.com does not give the wind chill, but on Friday at my house, the high is scheduled to be two degrees Ooh. and the low will be negative four. At least you have plenty of experience from those type of temperatures from your time uh, to, to the trip uh, from, from Montana. So, man, I even I, I've, I've lived in Chicago for a, a long time. I'm from the Midwest. I've spent most I'm never going to get used to that stuff, man. Um well, oh, even uh, back in, I mean, like, uh, you know, I think they're saying like in, in Louisiana, you know, you're talking about single digits. I know my, yeah. some of my family in Houston, they're, you know, kind of preparing for single digits down in Houston, which is not, uh, not normal for, for any time of the year, much less. No, now. I'm and, wor uh, worried about the, uh, the, worried about the, the grids the, for sure. The pipes. And, uh, yeah. Yes, so, uh, so anyway, stay safe, everyone. Stay warm. Don't take, uh, don't take any travel risks here if, if you can avoid it. Uh, Christmas is not the time of year you want to be spending in the hospital, especially if your power grid uh, might freeze. You should stay home. You should listen to podcasts. You should read newsletters and you should go eat unhealthy things while you wait for Santa. Um, we're going to have another uh, episode at the uh, next week. That's going to dig in a little bit more into kind of recapping the year, digging into the where things are going for two, where things are with extra points, where things are going as an industry in 2023. And you can find some more of our Connect interviews, of course, on Collegiate Sports Connect, which is free. You can uh, say nice things about us on Apple or Spotify or YouTube or Google Podcasts. Um, and uh, Extra Points will resume uh, probably the 29th or the 30th uh, as we head into what should be an exciting 2023. Uh, everyone, have a, have a happy and safe and meaningful holiday season. We appreciate your listenership and your readership. And we will get back in touch with you again very soon.